so week three and then week four next week, we're talking about how to win the war over discouragement, how to win the war over discouragement. And out of the four messages, I believe that this is the most important message that, um, of the whole series. It's the most important and the hardest to live out, especially in the kind of culture we live in, where it's all about accomplishments, productivity, and materialism. So we face those on a regular basis. And so that's one of the reasons why this message today is so hard. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of uh, that is being passed down to our children. Uh, you know, it's all about accomplishments and productivity and, and materialism. You know, when I was a kid, I played Little League Baseball, and that was it. You know, like, like I, didn't, I wasn't doing, you know, a bunch of activities uh, at one time, and, and I love baseball, but, like, you know, I wasn't traveling, you know, like another state to play baseball. And, and um, you know, if, you, if your kid's in travel, travel ball, that's, that's fine, but, you know, life is about balance as well. And, um, you know, it's easy for me to say right now because my kids are small, but I'm, my kids' schedules – I'm probably going to come back in 10 years and apologize for this one, but my kids' schedules are not going to dictate my family, all right? And so, so I see that a lot happening. And, uh, but like I said, about 10 years, I'll come back and I'll apologize, say that I was wrong, and that it, it, it does in some sense. But everyone deals with discouragement at some level. And if you're not battling it right now, you will. You will. It's just, it's just a fact of life. What is the antidote, what is the cure, the remedy, the solution for this universal and contagious disease of the attitude? Now, I find it a little ironic that I'm preaching about rest today, and I am stinking exhausted right now. I am so tired, and I told my wife not to sit in the front row, to sit in the back, because I'm struggling with this right now. So I didn't want to look at her the whole service and have her think, well, he's not doing that, you know. So I think she's in here somewhere. I don't know. Oh, yeah, she's in the middle. Thank you. All right. So number one, we're just going to, we're going to focus on one step, and then we're going to kind of have some subpoints to that today. So step one, allow God to refresh you. Allow God to refresh you. <clears throat> if overcommitment has led to physical, mental, spiritual exhaustion, the first thing you need to do is immediately set aside time to rest and use that time to be with God, seeking him to renewal and refreshment. Many of us have a hard time saying no. Are you someone that has a hard time saying no? Am I the only one? Okay. This section is very truthful today. I appreciate you. Appreciate the honesty over here. And, uh, and since we can't say no, we often find ourselves run down. And usually, the relationship that, pray, that pays the price the most when we're run down is our relationship with God, right? Because we're like, I'm so busy, I, I, I don't have any time to spend with you, God. But I have time to do everything else for everyone else. Psalm 127.2 in the NLT says, It is useless for you to work so hard from early morning until late at night, anxiously working for food to eat, 
for God gives rest to his loved ones. Now, if you use this verse with your spouse to not do any yard work, saying, it is useless for me, honey, to work so hard, then you've probably taken it out of context just a little bit. But a question I have for you this morning is, what day of the week is your Sabbath? What day of the week is your Sabbath? If you don't know what day it is, then you are not doing it. If you can't say, this day is my Sabbath, then I guarantee you, you're not taking it. Now, I know we have a lot of people, you know, in the medical field and law enforcement and uh, other, other uh, careers where you got to work on the weekends, so I completely understand that. But, um, you know, Sunday is not much of a Sabbath for me. You know, I get up really early and I polish up the sermon and, and you know, I'm here till at least 2 o'clock in the afternoon, long after you guys leave and just kind of plan out the rest of my week. And, uh, you know, so, you know, I maybe get a little bit of Sabbath, you know, on Sunday afternoon. But, um, you know, I try to take a nap. But if you got small kids, man, you haven't seen a nap in like 10 years, you know. And it always works like, you know, they're finally napping and you're like, all right, I got my chance. And you're down for like two minutes. And then all of a sudden you hear like, you know, you get a slap in the forehead. Mom, I want a snack, you know, or whatever it is. Um, But God intends for you to set one day per week to rest, relax, and recharge. And it's not a suggestion. It's a command. It's a command. God says, I don't want you to live uptight, stressed out, worried, always thinking I've got to keep working and working and I can't slow down. Because if that's how you are, that life is not glorifying God either. We are not taking care of ourselves and are being poor examples to our children and our grandchildren who will probably live the same kind of life we are modeling for them. If you don't rest, you may get some unwanted rest at Wayne UNC Healthcare, where you'll be spending the night and getting some tests done. So how about you do some preventative stuff and just rest and take care of yourself so you don't have to do that. Listen, the choices you make in your 30s will affect how you will live in your 50s. I guarantee it, man. And uh, I just turned 38, and so I really try to take, uh, I'm trying to really do a better job of that. And, um, you know, just with my health and, uh, you know, just taking care of myself. Do you exercise and take care of your body? Do you eat a balanced diet? Uh, Do you take time to rest? Ask God to help you how to learn to rest. Because some of us don't know how to do it. And we need God to supernaturally help us in that area. Sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is close your eyes and take a nap. So some of you are looking forward to getting spiritual this afternoon. A vacation is spiritual. A vacation is spiritual. You know, some of you get some, you know, you you get your vacation days rolled over. Like, I can understand some of that if you know something's going, you know, something's down the road. 
but use your vacation. Use your vacation. Now, remember, if you travel with kids, it's not called a vacation. It's called a trip. So leave a couple days after you get back from the trip to take a vacation. If you got small kids, do a staycation. Man, uh, camp out in the backyard. Do, do some fun stuff, you know, around here. Let me, let me, let me do some subpoints here this morning. If you're not rested, you are not enjoying life. If you're not rested, you're not enjoying rest. You're, you're not enjoying life. Ask this question to people, maybe not right now. <clears throat> Ask them, am I fun to be around? Ask people, am I fun to be around? Now, don't get mad if they give you an honest answer. Ask your kids, am I fun to be around? Uh, I love my kids, and kids are honest, buddy. They will tell you what you don't want to hear, but what you need to hear. My uh, five-and-a-half-year-old Cash is one of the most honest kids I've ever met. Uh, a while back, man, I was just I was just being a punk, and I was... I can admit it, you know, and, and I was getting, I was all tired and everything. And he goes to me and he says, you're being mean. That's what he said to me. And I was like, you're right. All right. <clears throat> if you're exhausted and stressed out all the time, I bet people aren't calling you up to hang out with you. Do you know that in 1 Timothy 6, 17... God says, I've provided all that you need because I want you to have time to get the rest you need so you can enjoy life. I want you to get the rest you need. I've provided for all, for all that you need. I want you to get the rest, and I want you to enjoy. God created us, wired us, designed us, so that rest is not an option. This means he wants you to have fun. He wants you to be with him. He wants you to be with your family. Father, family, and fun. The three F's this morning. Father, family, and fun. You know, Joshua 24, 15 says, As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And I love this verse but I've also attached a couple dots after it. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord and have fun doing it. And have fun doing it. I am so glad that my kids enjoy coming to church. They want to come to church. You know, there's first-time guests that come, and uh, I, we just got a survey a couple weeks ago of, I uh, just want to just hear people's opinions on their experience. And the, the, the mother that did the survey was saying that um, <clears throat> other places that she's been, her kids have been terrified. And they came to the bridge, and, and they could not get them out of the kids' room here at the bridge because they were having so much fun. I love that. I love that. Um, now, some of your kids 
aren't quite there yet. I hear them in the hallway when you drop them off. But that's all right. Just give them some time. Just give them some time. Uh, this past week, uh, it was downpouring. You know, there was summer rains. And um, our family, man, we went outside and we played in the rain. And uh, Declan was in his diaper outside. You know, hey, it's in the south, man. That's how we roll down here, you know. And, uh, and we were having fun. And then we jumped in the pool while it was raining. And we're, we're splashing around and it's coming down on us. It was so much fun. And I think about just that memory that my kids have that, you know, when they, when, when they get older and, and they see it's raining, you know, they think about that memory. Man, I remember when, when we played in the rain, you know, as a family. Um, we have fun. We enjoy life. Uh, you know, we, we're, we're, my wife and I are photographers, and, and, uh, and so we take pictures all the time. And every year she puts, uh, like, an Instagram book together. And... This past year, it, it wasn't even a full year, the book that she put together, and it had over 1,600 pictures in the book of all the family memories that we made in like 10 months. And, man, I just, I just love that. I love making those memories. God wants us to have fun and enjoy life, which I believe is another form of worship. When you enjoy life and you have fun, I believe that's, an, that's another act of worship that God celebrates. Next sub-point, we need to take a Sabbath from technology. This is messed up. We go on vacation with our family. We stay at a hotel. We check in. We get into the home hotel room. What is the first thing we adults do? We call the front desk, and we ask them, what's the Wi-Fi password? You're on vacation with your family at a hotel with a nice pool, and you want to know the Wi-Fi password. Is there an issue with that? I'm doing it. Hey, I'm preaching the preacher here. This message is tough for me to hear as well. I see, I go to the park, and what's the park? What's the nice park down here but, uh, on Ash? Herman. Yeah, I go to Herman Park, and I'm there with my kids, and I see parents on the benches on their phones while their kids are nearly risking their life on the monkey bar. You know, I think about these parents, because it can happen to me too. I, I'm trying to be intentional. But I think about them on their phones missing out on the memories while their kids play on a playground. And you know what? I'm glad that my parents did not have a cell phone in the late 70s, early 80s. I'm glad there was no social media because my parents made memories with me. Are you doing that with your kids? Are you glued to your phone? Listen, some of you can't even use the bathroom without taking your phone with you. I'm just saying, today, 
when you use the commode, leave the phone out of the bathroom. Now, I know some of you are going to be shaking without your phone in the bathroom because you're having to withdraw. But do it. And you do it today. You can do it. I believe in you. That's why I don't borrow any of your phones. Think about that. Ew. I'm not saying you don't need a break as a parent. But oftentimes, the break is going to happen after the kids are in bed. Don't check out during the day when your kids need you and want to be with you. Because there's going to become a time when you wish that they were around. And you are going to look back and say, oh, I missed it. You get one chance, man. I think you get... uh, I don't know the math exactly on it yet. Hold on. Let me do it real quick. All right. So 52 times 18 is 936. You get 936 Saturdays with your kids before they turn 18. 936. So if they are nine, you, have, you can subtract half of that. That's all you got. That's all you got. Another thing we need to do is to focus on your Savior and not your situation. I listened to uh, Judah Smith at a seed church in Seattle yesterday. Um, man, I have been in the car for 45 hours in the last three weeks. I've been to Ohio, I've been to Charlotte, and I was in Baltimore a couple days ago and uh, watching the Indians play the Orioles and was hoping to bring them some good luck, but we lost 5-2 to the Orioles. It's okay. But as I was, if you've ever driven in Washington, Baltimore traffic, Listen, it should take you about four and a half, five hours to get there. It took us seven hours to get there. And so on the way back, we're thinking Saturday morning, you know, traffic won't be bad. Oh, my goodness, dude. We, had tra- we were in traffic for two hours yesterday, me and my buddy. And uh, you, I mean, we were just getting agitated. And so I'm like, let me put on a sermon. So we act like Jesus on the road. And so uh, we're listening to Judas Smith, and, and man, he's, he's awesome. And he was, he was giving this teaching, and I was like, man, i got to incorporate some of the things that he said. So I'm going to read uh, Matthew 8, uh, 23 through 27. And sometimes we can't rest because we are more focused on our situation than our Savior. So let me read this to you, and it won't be up on the screen, but just, just, uh, just a reference here. This is when Jesus calms the storm. Uh, so there's been, Jesus has already done, performed many miracles, and, um, and they're on the storms. It's pro- it's, they're on the boat. It's probably late at night. And then he, then he got into the boats, and his disciples followed him. Without warning, a furious, furious storm came up on the lake, 
So the waves swept over the boat, but Jesus was sleeping. Sleeping. The disciples went and woke him up, saying, Lord, save us! We're going to drown! He replied, You of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up, rebuked the wind and the waves, and it was completely calm. Think of the water like glass. The men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. Now, the average size of a boat back then, I, I hear, probably held anywhere from, you know, 10 to 12 people. So you got 12 disciples in a boat and Jesus. This thing is packed. Like, it probably can't fit any more people. I mean, have you ever been on an elevator where you're like this, and you're like, dude, if this thing stops right now, I'm going to freak out. So, like, they are crammed in this boat. Now, they're crammed in the boat, and think about it. Many of the disciples were fishermen. Like, they lived on the water. So, this probably wasn't their first time they were in a storm, but it says that it was a furious storm. And if ever you've been, any of you have been out on a water, when the storm is coming, you know what I'm talking about. But many of these disciples are freaking out, or all of them. <clears throat> and I think about our situations that we face in life. You know, we can't freak out and trust God at the same time. You're either doing one or the other. When I freak out, I'm trusting in Jeremy, not in Jesus. The point that I'm trying to make is if Jesus is not worried, then I shouldn't be worried. If Jesus is resting in the midst of a fierce storm, then instead of freaking out, maybe I just need to grab a wet pillow and lay next to him. I mean, we do know that Jesus spoke creation into existence, right? And Jesus is God, and he rebukes the wind and the waves, and all of a sudden the storm stops just by him uttering a word. The disciples were amazed, it says. And they said, what kind of man is this? You know, following Jesus is not safe. The only thing that's safe when you follow Jesus is your eternity. And the storms are going to come in life. And I think, you know, I've been sold out to the Lord for, for 15 years now. And 
I am amazed at the things that I learn about Jesus that I didn't know already. When was the last time you were amazed at who God is? And Judas said it, and I totally believe it, and I, and I, <clears throat> I agree. He said that I think heaven is being amazed at God for all eternity. We're gonna, he's going to continue to re- reveal more and more and more and more about himself. And you're just going to be blown away for eternity. Wow. Wow, look at that. He's going to show you something. You're going to look out and, 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 and in heaven and see creation. And, and listen, man, heaven is not going to be like us sitting on clouds playing harps wearing diapers. Like, that would be hell to me, all right? Like, that's not heaven, all right? Heaven is being in the presence of the Lord forever. And, and him revealing who is, he is more and more and more to you. So you look at your situation, and instead of being so caught up in your situation. Be caught up with your Savior. Lay down with him. Rest in him. Isaiah 40, 31 says, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. So what does it mean to wait on the Lord? It means to just sit quietly and say, God, is there anything you want to say to me? Is there anything you want to teach me who you are? Show me how to slow down so I can hear your voice. And many of us cannot hear God's voice because we cannot slow down. It's saying, God, help me see everything in my life through your eyes and not mine. Help me see things through your perspective and not mine. Most Christians rarely do that, and the result is weakness. The result is vulnerability. The result is, um, is, is seeing what we're seeing right now. That's why we end up not having the spiritual, emotional, and mental strength to win the war with discouragement because we are not resting in the Lord, and we don't know how to rest in the Lord. And you could be a Christian for 50 years now and still not getting that. God says, I just want you to stop, rest, and spend time with me because in those moments, that's when I'll give you strength. When you are intentional about spending time with God, I'm not saying you'll hear an audible voice from heaven. But after a period of quiet and rest and meditation, on his word, you'll get a thought. You'll get an idea, a fresh perspective, a, a solution. You'll have an aha moment. A moment, and you, you'll, you'll feel confidence about the direction that you need to take. Now, sometimes when you rest quietly before God, it feels like nothing's happening. But God says, if you just spend time with me consistently, that is a key word consistently. 
I will refresh you mentally, physically, and spiritually, and I will speak into your life. I love when I'm sitting on the couch and one of my four kids comes up and snuggles with me without me even asking them. Parents, don't you love that? Don't you love when your kids just say thank you without, you know, making them say that to you? Don't you love it when they just come and snuggle up? I mean, uh, Pastor Andy, I, I, he's someone I really look up to, and he's got four kids as well, so he, he understands what I'm going through, and his kids are a little bit older, and uh, his oldest, uh, Taylor, I believe she's like 19 or 20 right now, and, uh, but he says that even to this day, when he's sitting on the couch and she comes up and she snuggles in him, he's like, man, that's the best. That's the best. And you know what? I think we need those moments because sometimes as parents we think, dude, I'm just messing my kid up, man. You know, and when they, when they come and snuggle up to you, you're like, man, I was, I've been a jerk this week, but I must have been done something right because they want to be with me and they want to snuggle with me. They want to be near me because they love me, and they can't get close enough to me. And God loves that when you do that with him. When you stop, when you slow down, and you say, God, I just want to spend time with you. You know, we always think about prayer as always us talking to God. Prayer is just being in the presence of God, man. There's sometimes I just sit on the lounge, and I kick up my feet. And I just sit before the Lord, and I just think about how good he is, and I don't even say a word to him. That's resting in the presence of the Lord. That's what waiting on the Lord means. You get supernatural strength and guidance from the Lord that nothing this world or no other person can give you. Listen, you can go on a nice vacation. Now, if your kids are older, it can be a vacation. You can go on a nice vacation and come back and still not feel rested. The only rest that you can get that this world can't offer and and no other person can offer is from God himself. It's from Jesus. So step one in winning the battle of discouragement, allow God to refresh you. I, capital L-O-V-E, love being your pastor. I love it. I love my job. I love this church. I love this area. I love being your pastor. And I love coming alongside of you during the joys of life, but I also love coming alongside of you during the difficulties of life as well. But call upon the Lord first before you call on me. Listen, I can't, I can listen, but I can't fix your problem. Like, I'm just a dude. I'm just a guy. Yes, I have the honor of being called one of your pastors, but Jesus is the only one that can help you overcome what you're facing. Some of you draw a line in your surrender to God because you think, well, full surrender, being wholehearted, will make me a weird, spooky Christian. Can I tell you that God doesn't like weird, spooky Christians either? God wants authenticity, and he wants 
genuineness. So rest before the Lord. I'm going to uh, pray, and then we're going to go into a time of communion. And uh, so let me pray with you.